everybody, and welcome to Roll It, a movie podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ryan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Ty Lore. How you doing, Ty? I'm doing incredible, Ryan. Well, that's it, Ty. <laughs> um, I, love how, I love how you, like, you, we have a long enough pause there, you can just throw in, like, some studio laughter. <laughs> Put in the laugh track. Yeah. I'll just let that one lie. Um, this <laughs> week we are doing the 2004 Pixar film, The Incredibles, written and directed by Brad Bird, starring Craig T. Nelson, Holly Hunter, Jason Lee, and Samuel L. Jackson. So, Ty, I'm sure this wasn't your first time watching this. No. So tell me, t- give me the rundown. Tell me what you think about this movie. So I think, well, this is like, um, our is this our third Pixar movie or second? Um, I think it's... Our third, we did Monsters Inc., we did Wally. Oh yeah, and this you're right. One. And this yeah. one, and then so it's our fourth animated one because we did Shrek um, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I'm always just amazed when we do animation, like animated films, because mm-hmm. you just watch it and you like they're made. You think like they're made for kids or whatever, but I'm always amazed like afterwards when I'm like kind of taking it all in of all the work that goes into making you know a feature length animation film and i i'm the same way about the Incredibles. so yeah it came out in 2004 i saw it in theaters um back then you know 16 years ago and uh it was awesome like it was funny watching it now because i haven't watched it in a long time i watched the incredibles too not that long ago uh, it only came out two years ago i guess but when did it hit like dvd nah, whenever it hit dvd i i, I saw it but um it's crazy dude because it kind of took me back because after i saw it in, in theaters with like my dad i remember being hyped on it <laughs> i was so hyped on the incredibles movie dude i like begged for the incredibles game for ps uh the playstation 2 and i got that bad boy and i was saving lives <laughs> i it's funny too because you know how you can like recall just like weird niche like memories from old video games i don't know if mm-hmm. you like that or not yeah I'm but i remember like that. one i remember like one scene and it was when uh it was, it like got recalled in my memory when Mr. Incredible like jumped through and saved that guy's life from dying. Uh, he was trying to commit suicide. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I like, I just remember there was like that robbery scene in the video game and you have to chase him across rooftops. I don't know why, like, it struck me, <laughs> but it was very nostalgic for me, is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, like, the more I learn about Pixar, and the more I learn about animation and all the work that goes into them, the more I appreciate these kind of movies. So I really liked it. I mean, uh, it's a, it's just like a good film, and it's it's a it's a nice change of pace from what we've uh, what we've been at in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that's the truth. I mean, we've definitely covered some downers the past couple of weeks. So it was <laughs> it was nice to uh, to watch something a little bit more. I don't know, uplifting. Good little breather. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what what was your take on it? Uh yeah, I I love this movie. I love both of the Incredibles movies. I saw I think I, I saw this one in theaters way back when, you know, I was in elementary school and in the then, aughts, back in the aughts, <laughs> back in the early aughts and then I saw Incredibles 2 uh in theaters couple summers ago and I saw <laughs> As a I think I watched <laughs> Yep. I think I watched this one Right before I went to see that one, you know, to get me in the mindset. Yeah, you gotta gotta be refreshed, you know. Which it makes sense, because the second one picks up literally, like, two seconds after the first one. So, I'm glad I did. Yeah. 
anyway, yeah, I love both of them. Like you said, I mean, every every time I watch like a Pixar movie, I mean, they, they just knock it out of the park pretty much every time. I mean, yeah. there's some duds, but for the most part, I mean, they kill it. So it's so good. Dude, it's so good. Yeah, they, I mean, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And Brad Bird, I mean, he knows what he's doing making animated films. Incredibles, Incredibles 2. Uh, he did The Iron Giant. I mean, he, he Ratatouille. Ratatouille. He, yeah. Knocking homers everywhere. Dingers. <laughs> no, that's his middle dingers. name. Brad Dinger Bird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love this. Yeah, that's that's all I got to say. We'll get into it. Uh, kind of why this isn't maybe a normal kids movie, you know. Uh, and yeah, I guess we'll cover that after after the old recap. Hit us with it. Bob Parr, aka Mr. Incredible, a former superhero forced into retirement when the government banned supers, now lives with his wife, Elastigirl, and their children, also endowed with superpowers. Violet with invisibility, and Dash with super speed. Bob is fired from his insurance job, but is recruited by a mysterious individual to perform heroics, which he does without telling his wife. His employer turns out to be a former fan, now for revenge, of Mr. Incredible, Syndrome, who plans on sending a robot to cause destruction so he can save the day and be a hero himself. Elastigirl finds out where Bob is, and unintentionally brings Dash and Violet with her. They attempt to rescue Bob, but are soon captured, escape, they fly back to the city in time to stop the robot, Syndrome couldn't stop himself, save the city, and defeat Syndrome. End of movie. So, yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's the rundown. So what do you, uh, what do I want to ask you first? What, <laughs> what do you, what's, what's the theme of this movie, Ty? That's a good what, question. What do you, what do you um, view as the theme of this movie? What's this movie trying to say? I, like, I don't, I don't think I'm as good at seeing, like, these straight themes as you are, especially in, like, these kind of movies, because I watch it and I was just like, uh, it's about superheroes, Ryan. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> You know, you can take the cape off superhero, but you can't get the super... I don't know where I was going with that analogy, but... Oh, that you know, makes sense. Uh, you, like, you can't you can't take the super out of the superhero. Um, there's always, like, just that part of of you. But for me, I, like, I don't, I don't see a straight theme, so I'm interested in your perspective on it. But I really like the... Uh, how they balance, like, the... They nuance, like comedy in in like some thrilling stuff but in a, like a cartoonish way i guess and um they hit on some things too oh, you're making me think now that that makes me <laughs> ramble i i mean i guess it's just like being true to who you are right okay. because yeah like they're living this life kind of untrue to who they are and um you know as they enter throughout the movie it's, they become their true selves and they end in like you, they start off as, as this like chaotic kind of family and they end as this family who's like all together, you know, all on the same page and everything like that. And everybody has like a renewed sense of confidence and is happy. And, uh, I, I think that's kind of, I guess that's the theme is like being true to who you are. If I was, if I was to guess, I don't know. <laughs> is that the correct answer? No, I, there's, first of all, <laughs> there's no correct answer. So I, I can totally see that. And I think that's, probably what brad bird was going for that and like you shouldn't be ashamed of who you are or you shouldn't try to hide who you are you right. know 
uh, you should let your let what makes you you and the qualities that you possess kind of shine through and use yeah. them, you know, well, to better to better the world. You should. What's that one line in the movie? Uh, I don't know. There's a lot that touch on this theme. I, yeah, the one I'm thinking of is uh, if there are no superheroes, every or. When nobody's a super, then we'll all be supers. Yeah, that's like kind of... That. Uh, yeah, or when everybody's like a super, no one will be. That was it. It's one of those two. Yeah, it's For it's sure. when everybody's a super. Because <laughs> he's talking about giving his inventions to everybody else. That's oh, what he says. right, When right, everybody's right. a it's super. It's syndrome, yeah, saying it. No one will be. And then yeah. uh, when Dash and uh, his mom are in the car together, that's it, pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. And she goes, everybody's special dash. And he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a way, another way of saying nobody is. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that, that I mean, that I can totally get that. And I think that's what Brad Bird was going for. But it can also be read, I know some people read it, like, in kind of the, like, objective objectivism or, like, Nitschke reading of, like, greatness. Greatness should be celebrated and... If you possess, if you possess extraordinary abilities, you should, you shouldn't be hindered in using them. You know, you should use them the way you see fit to benefit society. So, what Nietzsche talked about was the master and is her. Second, is this the second week in a row we brought up the little Nietzsche? <laughs> yeah, second week in a row. To, I mean, we didn't get into it that much last week. Yeah, just hit, just we just, scuffed just, it, just a little tap, we scuffed just, it a little bit, and this week we're digging back. Back another, into it. Yeah, another little scuff. Um, but yeah, he talked about the master and herd morality or master slave morality. Uh, so, I mean, what we see in this film is the herd morality. It's all the uh, quote unquote normies that tell or the I don't know what to call it, the unexceptional normal people that kind of tell these superheroes, no, we don't you shouldn't be able to use these gifts. You shouldn't be able to express these abilities, you know? Yeah. The muggles. Yeah. (laughs) So, and herd morality, it's, it's herd morality is the normal or weak individuals create the morality of society that devalues what the master or what the powerful value. So it kind of takes away, it says what, what the what powers you have or what makes you exceptional isn't good you know so it it devalues that and that's totally what happens here is like so the 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 herd morality is is based in uh it's a french word i i can't remember what podcast we talked about this on but it was definitely something resentiment which is a french word meaning directing your hostility towards something or someone that has that you deem has caused your frustration or has caused your frustration. So you're kind of like, it's, it's kind of like you're you're taking your aggression out on somebody that or like on a topic or person that isn't directly related to why you're feeling that emotion or, or are direct. Like, I guess it's just like you're living, you're living your life for the sole purpose of like, being hostile to the person who you see is the cause of your frustration. Okay. Um, so like, or 
you're you're jealous of in this turn in this sense like for the herd morality you're jealous of the strength or the power that they have so you you you're you're very hostile towards them because of this so you 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 say that their their power is wrong to have you know what okay, i mean right so, and i and get, I, I can kind of see in two different senses too because you're talking about it from syndromes aka buddy's perspective yeah, Buddy Mr. would be Incredible. the one that has the resentment that he's well, he hates Mr. Incredible so much because he has these powers and he wasn't allowed to do what he did. Right. But also, wouldn't Mr. Incredible have the same have resentment because of like Mrs. Incredible and he always like he was always lying to her. He always felt like she and like the family, I guess not so much her but the family was pulling him away from like doing his duties as what he saw. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't because he's not. Buddy's living his life because he's mad at for what happened to him when he was a kid. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the whole reason he's doing what he's doing is because he's mad. at. Whereas, uh, I mean, I don't think Mr. Incredible doesn't hold anything against his family. He's he's upset that they're not allowed to do what they used to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that was the government is who outlawed superheroes. But I don't he's not living his life in opposition to that. He's depressed that he can't do that, but it's not like he's actively fighting against that. You know what I right. mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, because he has he has the opposite of the herd morality. You know what I mean? Right. And like, he has and he, he has the power that's been demonized by the herd. And he is the sole source of like fuel for syndrome or buddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like in the court case when he saves everybody and then they uh they all sue him or whatever. Which was, that was like the way that they set up and we can get into this a little bit later, but like the way they set up scenes is just like phenomenal in, in this movie too. But that was so funny because it was like, it perfectly placed you in the world that they're in right now. And why? Yeah. Yeah. I did like, I did love like the newspaper news way, you know, like the 50s style that they did. Um, that was, I did like Mm -hmm. that. But yeah, so I mean, we see this uh, like all over that there's these the supers are kind of uh, demonized to and then outlawed to appease the uh, quote unquote norm normal people without any powers to bring so yeah so everybody's at the same level the exceptional people aren't allowed to display their power or you know abilities um Mm -hmm. yeah so that's on a societal level and then i mean i'll touch and by the way i mean for this and well mainly objectivism and old ann rand uh brad bird's like no i didn't do that (laughs) and he's like very explicit he's like no i didn't do that on purpose i I didn't everybody's (laughs) like oh did you were just pretty much making it animated the fountainhead and he's like no i really wasn't so, you know, I, I definitely think the, the main message is what we talked about earlier. But it's just mm-hmm. interesting that there's a children's movie that can be read in a lens that most children's movies wouldn't be able to be read as. You know what I mean? Of this, yeah. uh, of this kind of mentality. Like, so objectivism is from Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand uh, it's it's boils down to, like, your the moral purpose of one's life is that is to pursue 
one's own happiness. Pretty much be be as selfish as you want, and that's the only thing that you need to live by. <laughs> Pretty much. And it kind of, like, she tried, she, like, in her writing, she, like, was like, if by doing this, that will make society as best, the best that it can be, because everybody, everybody's, by striving to be for your own happiness, you'll benefit other people, which, I mean, take for that what you will. But um, we t- we talked about we talked about this in uh, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, did we? That's what. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Right? I That's guess what, we thought. Yeah, and it, I don't uh, know if we brought up her, but yeah, we definitely I talked about like what is it your moral duty to use right. to use your abilities or to just be happy? Um, which she would say, <laughs> exploit use the abilities to your best of your power to become wealthy, and that will make you the maximum amount of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we can I mean obviously like Bob is miserable at his job because he can't do what he feels he's like meant to do, so he's not happy, you know. Mm-hmm. And then once he's able to do that, that's him being I mean that's him fulfilling his moral purpose by being happy, by doing what he wants to do and he's also benefiting society, you know. So that would be her argument towards it. It makes it it doesn't show the downsides of that argument. You know, it shows the the good sides, the the society benefiting sides of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I guess that that's, I just wanted to touch on that, how some people, how you can definitely read it like that. Well, I think, I definitely think Brad Bird's main point is, you know, be yourself and stay true, stay, to, who you are. Stay true to who you are. It is. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting because, like, uh, like at the one point, what's Mrs. Incredible say? You'll know. She's talking to Violet. She says, "You'll know what to do. It's in your blood," you know. And whereas, whereas mm-hmm. Syndrome, he's kind of manufactured this superhero ness. Uh, it's not. It doesn't come naturally to him. So I don't know. It's like, also, is this movie saying that like, hey, either you got it or you don't, and great people are great and. Some people aren't great, you know. Some people don't have exceptional abilities. I mean, I wouldn't say the syndrome doesn't have exceptional, and that's abilities. what's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because he does like inventing all of that stuff. Uh, you know, everything that he's done is very, very like over the top and like more than average. I mean, he made rocket boots when um, he was like twelve. <laughs> I know you're messing with my flight pattern. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think he was just in the wrong like he yeah, he was just doing it all for the wrong reasons. He was doing it for the fame instead of doing it for the good of the order. Right. And um and so he just had a different end goal and it blew up literally. But I, um I guess it. the only reason I mean he fails and the incredible succeed and I mean I guess it's like why why does that what what is the factor that causes them to succeed and him to fail? Is it because he does everything on his own and they're a family and work together? Or is it like that they were meant to do this and they, you know, whereas he wasn't? I think because they're just doing it for separate reasons. He's doing it to show everybody how great he is and they're doing it to save the world or save the city. Right. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't be fighting with Syndrome if 
Syndrome didn't, like, target them out. You know what I mean? Like, they're not doing it to get one up on Syndrome. Syndrome. Yeah. Um, and I, and I guess I, that, that's kind of how, like, I read it. You know what I mean? Like, he's just doing it to take all the credit. He's like, he wants the attention. He wants the, he wants the front pages of the paper. He wants to be the best super alive. Where, like, The Incredibles, it just kind of is happening for them because of their actions, because of their morals that are holding them to strive to save the greater good or at least do the best do the most good that they but can. he doesn't he doesn't fail because he has bad morals he fails because he's inept you know what i mean like he fails but because I, I he mean, doesn't have it quote unquote in his blood i see where you're coming from but i guess that's I, i'm just kind of playing I, devil's I mean, advocate but, like i yeah i get that but i get like he does have it in his blood like he can create all that stuff and he did and he wanted to create something that could take literally kill out all of the supers, and he was the only one to be able to kill it off. And he did that with a remote, obviously. Right. Um, so it was like he did have all of that power. He was equipped to do his goal, but he was overruled by the, the good guy in this scenario, which was the Incredibles, you know what I mean? It feels kind of silly having this like very... <laughs> Very like serious conversation about the Incredibles. Uh, yeah, but I mean um, that's what we do. In like Ty. guessing, in like trying. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But trying to like peg like syndromes, like end goal, <laughs> like. But no, I mean, I think that, I think that he was well equipped. He didn't fail because he wasn't equipped, or because he just didn't have it in him. He failed because the good guys or the Incredibles were there to do it for the right reasons. They, they were, they wanted to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. They both wanted to destroy that, that robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, this is, I, that was just a point I was wondering about. We don't have to keep digging into it. I was just curious what you thought, you know what I mean? About why he failed and why they succeeded. But, where was I going to go after that? Shoot, I had something. He's just syndrome's just a bad guy. Yeah, but he's. I guess a that's friend. what a boy. It's that's a it's a kids failed. movie, so it's, the bad guy can't do what the good guys can. He's just mean, mean and mean people. Ryan, <laughs> they all they always lose. That's the way the world works. Um, I guess that let's. Uh, I mean, let me see if I have anything left on that. I guess just to kind of keep. Just to kind of point to more examples of why this is pushed, you know, how you can read that in this movie. I mean, like we can, said. Can I say, well, sorry, while we're talking about Syndrome and Buddy, can I just say that, like, one of the biggest plot holes in this whole entire movie? What's that? That Buddy didn't know that Mr. Incredible married Elastigirl when he's been obsessed with him his entire life. True. And tracking him. But I guess she did a good job of like keeping her secret identity secret because it like I, yeah yeah I don't know because uh, like when he gets mean. on the computer it's saying like if they're out like alias is known and then it gets to her he looks up her and it says un- not known or unknown or whatever yeah interesting but I mean kind of believable for yeah, an animated movie about superheroes yeah. you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess just to, just to hit some more examples, he, uh, when Mr. Incredible and Mrs. Incredible are having the, uh, having an argument and he says, they keep coming up with new ways to celebrate mediocrity or he's like, it's not a graduation. He's moving from the fourth grade to the fifth grade. (laughs) (laughs) It's psychotic. They keep, they keep coming up with new ways to celebrate mediocrity. But if someone is truly special, 
and then uh, she cuts him off. But there's constantly this, and then, like we said earlier, when Dash and uh, his mom are in the car, and then Syndrome, about how if everybody's special, no one is. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's definitely a lot in this that's kind of like, you you shouldn't be ashamed of being better than other people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's if, it's there. You can read it. I mean, Mr. Incredible would definitely be one of those guys like, oh, are we really going to hand out participation trophies? That, that's exactly it. He's like, <laughs> non-accomplish- pretty much like non-accomplishments shouldn't be celebrated. We should celebrate greatness What in whatever form, in whatever form it is, greatness should be celebrated and, and be applauded for, you know, the talent and ability that's demonstrated. I think that's a that's one of the messages present. Yeah. I mean, I think that definitely comes through. Oh, yeah, it for sure does. It for sure does. Uh like even I mean even on the surface level. Yeah, and and I was going to say too, even like at the end when he's uh when Dash is like racing and he's like don't get up. <laughs> he's like second, second. Make it close, make it close. Yeah, make it close. (laughs) It's just like, it's it's like, uh, it's like, let them know that you're good, but just don't be over the top, you know what I mean? And I guess, I I think, I do like that they added that, because that that shows, like, you can use your abilities to show, I guess, use your abilities in society and take part in society and succeed, but also you should morally show restraint and not... I don't not in this case because it's only a race, but like not use it to harm other people. You know what I mean? Make it keep it close. Not not keep it close. Don't yeah, keep it close. Don't make don't like don't take advantage of it. I guess don't be that guy. Don't yeah, don't be that guy. (laughs) Use your abilities and make society a better place, but don't don't take advantage of your abilities. I guess is the I guess is the moral. I guess let's talk about. Let's talk about nostalgia and how this let's movie let's how how this movie deals about nostalgia or deals with nostalgia. What is this what do you think this movie says about nostalgia? Does it affirm nostalgia or does it criticize it? Well, I mean, it kind of does both because on one hand you have like Mrs. Incredible who's living for the now, living for what they have now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and she sees the positives in that in the family and like, she doesn't want to miss it. And she's obviously she, her like living in the moment or living in the present has overran the living in the past kind of thing. Whereas for Mr. Incredible, he's kind of constantly just has that longing for what was mm-hmm. all the time, you know, like going like bowling night and like going out and just listening to the police scanner, mm-hmm. like hoping that something happens. And, uh, and he's just like, and it's how many, I, I should have counted like thinking back on this, you know, throughout the movie, there's a whole bunch of like, just like the old times or good, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it yep. even ends like the movie with that, like those two, um, older guys are like, just like good or just like the old times. No, no school, the old school, or no school, like the school. old school. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it's just like, um, I think where he was very apparently, always focused on what used to be, you know, he was like very disconnected Mm -hmm. from the now. And uh, in the end, um, you see like a middle ground because I mean, obviously they're on two different spectrums, him and his wife. And then the kids are kind of in the middle and they pull them, 
together and they're they're finally on like this middle ground or common ground that is in the now that they can but he can still do the things that he you know what i mean like that he's yeah. longing for yeah and I, I i would i would i would pretty much agree with you uh about kind of balancing those because uh it definitely doesn't say nostalgia is bad because it kind you kind of get that feeling at the beginning when he's like looking back and she's like, you got, yeah, you can't do this. And it, it's kind of like pathetic that when they're like sitting in the car, listening to the police scanner or whatever, uh, and you're like, come on, you gotta, you gotta just move on, man. <laughs> and, but I think, cause he has this argument with, they have that when they're talking the same, when they're talking about the fifth grade or fourth grade graduation. But, uh, when that argument like, seems like just good in general. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's very, uh, it gives you it's a good description of what's going on inside the dialogue without being expositiony. But yeah, he's it's he's like I can't remember how it I can't remember who says what first, but she goes, uh, you're just you're just living in the glory days or you can't get out of the glory days. And mm-hmm. he and he goes, "Well, it's better than acting like they never existed like you are." You know what I mean? They're they're totally on opposite ends, but I think mm-hmm. like you said by the end and with the kids joining, it's kind of like you can bring, and in general, like as a society, like you can look, you can look back on the past and bring the good parts of the past, you know, bring the good parts of the past back and do those good things. But you also have to acknowledge that society has moved forward and stuff changes, and so you need to kind of wed those things. So it's like. Mm-hmm. The the past isn't wholly bad just because, like, uh, st- stuff was bad back then. It isn't wholly bad, and we should be able to take the good things from the past and kind of wed them with the good things of the future, which is kind of like him being a superhero is wedded with the future or the the now or the future, which is the children taking up that same goal. Agreed. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's, I mean, it's uh, the whole movie's set in like a very aesthetically looking 50s, 50s America, yeah. post-war America. Um, I mean, there's, and then like we said earlier, the news and the newspaper, it's very much meant to evoke that sense of nostalgia for, you know what I mean? A mm-hmm. sense of that post-war nostal- American nostalgia just in yeah. the aesthetics. Um, yeah, it was. But then you know, asked, I, didn't even, like, I didn't even put too much thought into like the setting of the movie, but like, yeah, you're right. It is very like post-war, uh, post-WW two. Yeah. Um, you know, like from the newspapers to like even. Yeah, yeah. I the mean, archi- like, it's, it's like funny. all the architecture. You know, very the like, cars, Art Deco. Yeah, the cars. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like, I was even at the beginning scene. Uh, well, the beginning scene was obviously, like, before, but uh, you could tell it was older, too, just by, like, the crime. You know, it was, like, an armed robber, and, like, these two cops were, like, chasing after him on foot or whatever. And th- there's this, like, old lady who's, like, all worried about her cat in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were those two old guys at the ends, the, co- the cops at the beginning? No, because it was only ten years difference. Or something like that. No, it was years, it was more because Philo was older than ten, um, maybe like fifteen years. Yeah, Dash is going into fifth grade. Yeah, and I would say she's like 
early high, high school. school. Yeah. So 15 years, maybe I would say. Yeah. Something like that. The cops wouldn't be the old guys. Um, I don't know, Ryan. What if, what if they had 15 years, like 2020? That would uh, definitely age you. Uh, so I guess to keep going on this nostalgia thing, and then we see we like Edna, I would say is kind of the future. Uh, another one that kind of shows, cause she's, she's also acknowledging that the past, you know, her work with superheroes, but she's like, she said, I think she says to Helen, she's like, I never look back, darling. It distracts from the now. Yeah. You know, it's exactly what she says. And exactly like she says, did you voice Edna? This movie? <laughs> no, I think Brad Bird voiced Edna. If For I remember. Real? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm she's like one sure. of the most lovable characters. And like when she comes back in Incredibles 2, it's, it's she, yeah, just it's, as great. But I mean, she's so funny. Yeah, she really is. But yeah, uh, so I guess that's just another of this kind of balancing like. But she's still working on these superhero suits that she worked. You know what I mean? That she like she only worked for superheroes and she's like excited to work on superhero suits again like she did in the right. past. Um, now yeah. she's working with supermodels, but they're just, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. What else? I guess uh, let's talk about, I guess, I think you mentioned something earlier about the violence, but let's talk about a little bit of the violence. I mentioned it before I think we were recording, but um, I, I what I said was I didn't remember, I didn't really remember people dying. But <laughs> yeah. as you pointed out, a lot of people die. A lot of people die in this movie. Yeah, it's but it's it's not it's just very nonchalant. Yeah, it's not graphic. It's not like Watchmen. No, um, no. <laughs> but and, and you're not really like invested into like the aw either of like how they die. Like when Syndrome dies at the end. Yeah, it's very nonchalant. Like, yeah, that guy just died. You're just like <laughs> yeah, you're just like the cape man. Like that's you're just kind of like you know you had a you should have known, dude. Yeah, no one wears capes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't know that. That's like uh, uh, it's like Chekhov's cape, you know. And when you see a cape in the first act, it's gonna come back to bite you in the third act. Yep. I read that Brad Bird was kind of like he didn't like that, uh, like Saturday morning cartoons from his childhood. The villains were all like unrealistic and didn't and didn't actually pose a threat to anybody. Like mm-hmm. they wouldn't actually kill anybody. They were just like the villain, you know, the bad guy. Right. And that's, I, I liked how there was an, like an explicit reference to this by Mrs. Incredible. She's like, remember those, ch- those uh, cartoons you guys used to watch where the bad guy was, you know, always uh, hatch, you know, the bad guys in those, well, these guys aren't like those bad guys. These guys will, will literally kill children. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I mean, he's not, he's definitely, he's not shying away from it for a kid's movie to like talk about kids literally dying. Right. And how there's deaths all over the screen. Like, I mean, they're trying to kill the Incredibles, but I mean, Dash is like laughing the whole time when guys are crashing into uh, rocks and exploding. And he's like, oh man, that was awesome. <laughs> like you literally just killed that guy. Um. So yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting portrayal of violence in a kids movie. You know, I can't think yeah. of many other kids movies that show that much, that many people ceasing to exist. Let's put it that way. Well, it, it was even kind of dark how like, you know, Mister Incredible got sued because that guy didn't want to be saved. 
Yeah, like, there's that, yeah, an attempted suicide like, in a kid's and, movie. I guess I didn't. Yeah, I, I feel like that might be a first. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't even uh, think about that one. Where, yeah, like, it's just like, I didn't. Uh, I didn't ask to be I saved. I didn't want to be. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> ask to be saved in, like, his face, and he's, like, sitting there in this cast. And you're just kind of like, geez, man, a little dark for. Uh, yeah, geez, I didn't think here. about that. I guess it just yeah. like goes right over your head, and then you're like, "Yeah, I guess." A lot of these, a lot of these deaths do. That's what, like, I was, I was like, you know, I forgot that people died, and you were like, a lot of people died. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like they go through a whole list of superheroes who were just dead, expired. Yeah, and he he hides behind the bones of a dead superhero. Like, man, that's yeah. that's. I mean, I guess, that's pretty dark, dark for a kids movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I liked how it was. I liked how it was in there. It wasn't over the top, but it was like, no. bad things can happen. When you're dealing with bad people, I guess. Yeah, and the only the like, only like real consequences, the only like emotional tie that was even shown for like somebody who had died or expired mm-hmm. was I forget which superhero it was, but Mister Incredible was like, oh, so and so, you know, and that was it, and everybody else was just, he was just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then he was like, oh, they they got him. You mean when he when he's on the computer? Yeah, uh, I know because when he finds like. Gazer beam, he's like, oh, when he that's whose bones he finds. He's like Gazer beam, and he doesn't really talk about how he's dead. He's just like, oh, Gazer yeah. beam. There's a lot of reading between the lines. Yeah, that, that gets a little dark, Brad. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. I guess that's uh, that's all I got on violence. I mean, there's not much there, but it's interesting yeah. how it's interesting the portrayals versus your standard Pixar movie of the quote-unquote bad guys yeah um you got what else you got ty on violence or just in general uh, just in general you got any <laughs> got anything um i mean it's just like like i kind of talked about at the beginning you know it's just it's always interesting thinking about how much work went into everything like this and uh in one of the behind the scenes videos um of like the making of the incredibles they talk about they, they compare it was like so hard to do uh, this movie because like there's just so much like they're everywhere like there's so many different sets technically that they're on you know what I mean mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it was kind of interesting because the one animator compared it he's like um, there's like 130 sets different sets different backgrounds that they have to completely design anew um, on the Incredibles compared to something like Finding Nemo which has 22 different sets wow so it, it was like a it's very stark comparison, and it just was like wow, you know, like it just shows how much work they put into it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I like we talked about this too a little bit in the uh, Monsters Inc. movie about how hard hair is to animate. Mm-hmm. I really noticed like, that this one, like, I really paid attention to hair a lot in it. Like, yeah. not even joking, I paid a lot of attention to hair while on this rewatch. Yeah, it's kind of and weird like, thing. Which is, here's where it's like, here's why I thought this was weird, because in, like, the making of this, they're talking about how hard hair is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I felt like Monsters, Inc.'s, the hair in Monsters, Inc. looked better? Um, I don't know. I, it was I, a three, I don't know. It was like I, a, I don't know if I'd agree with that. a years difference, but. I don't know if I'd agree I don't know if that. it looked better, but, but it definitely <laughs> looked better on Sully than it did on, like, like, Violet's, Violet's hair was, like, it, there was still something a little weird. Yeah, I mean, but, but then, I think hers was meant to look like it. super, just like straight, you know, straight and shiny, I guess. Super goth. 
<laughs> super goth. One eye covered the whole time. Uh, yeah. But I thought, like, I guess I really noticed it with uh, Helen's and Dash's. There's just way mm-hmm. more, like, you could see, like, every single hair. It's like, yeah. wow, look at that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess where... I guess where I was going with this is it just kind of shocked me because in 2001 with Monsters, Inc., uh, you know, they ran into the same problem. It's like this huge, like doing hair in an animation, in an animated movie is just like terrible, yeah. it turns out. But, um, no, there was a couple like cool, like things that they like threw in there. Like, I just, I mean, I think it's cool with animations because you can like literally pick and choose your camera angles and how, you know what I mean? Like how exactly you want to set up everything. You're not cornered or... Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You're not constrained by... Yeah, you don't need more... Okay. Phys- I was just going to say, you're not constrained by, like, physical limitations. Exactly. Or, like, equipment stuff. Uh, like, they, you can do whatever you want, you know? Mm-hmm. But, no, I mean, I, I'm always just impressed with, like, the limits that artists... Or, like, the... I guess... Not the limits. I... I how much work goes like the artist put into a movie to kind of come out with this, you know, and it's almost just like underappreciated in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, putting together a Pixar feature length film is like years in the making. And it's kind of funny because, uh, you just don't think of it like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. But you know, like we talk about this, every animation that we've done too. It's just like, it's just a different beast and it's, it, you know, it kind of makes it cool, too, because in this movie, at least, like, in other animations, they, like, could use some songs. But it seems like an animation, like, everything's from scratch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, everything is just from scratch. And, uh, like, from the score to the voicing to the way that the lips move, everything. So, um, I don't know. I just have a lot of appreciation for it. And, uh, yeah, it's a solid movie, dude. Um. Yeah, I, I uh, now I'm monologuing. I feel like I'm monologuing. <laughs> I was just I was gonna bring that up. Too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I just like I think he Brad Bird is. I mean, he did he did the Iron Giant, which is hand you know hand drawn animation, not CGI. Mm-hmm. It's that old school animation. The, the old school, and I think he was the anim. What did I say? He was the animator on the Fox and the Hound. Uh, yeah, he was an Disney. animator with them. Mm-hmm. Um, high quality animators, like it's. It's uh, something to be, uh, it's really astounding, but yeah, for sure. And it, they said something kind of interesting too with uh, with regards to this movie. Like he he said, like you know, this movie could be uh, yeah. live action. Could have been, and it could have been. I mean, it, it could have been a cool live action movie too, for sure. But um, I think like they really pushed the limits with the animation to make it more of an you know what i mean like when you think of the incredibles it's weird to think of it as a live action but if you're thinking of the incredibles and the story without ever seeing it it's like why wouldn't that be a live action it's just a superhero movie you know yeah like they've done plenty <laughs> so i i thought that was kind of interesting too because you take something it's not like ratatouille or monsters inc or um you know the iron giant really like there's just it, it took a lot of a lot of the scenes were mm-hmm. in like mundane life, you know, like early scenes and stuff. And, you know, you could definitely see it as a live action, I guess. It's just, it's something that like blew my mind because I would never peg it as that. You yeah. Know? And I, I, I'm glad you kind of brought that kind of theme up because I did want to touch on, this is 
it's not totally a subversion of, but it's kind of like showing it's it's doing a superhero movie without being a superhero movie most of the time, or kind of poking fun at superhero movies a little bit. You know, like mm-hmm. like you like there's multiple references to like uh, he's like, oh, you caught me monologuing, you sly devil, you. And Frozone yeah. uh, makes a joke about it earlier in the movie, like he. When they're talking, yeah. they were like, he, he started my, he started yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is, you know, the, uh, the joke of like literally every villain in every movie ever, especially superhero movies. Yeah, I'm going to tell you exactly how <laughs> this is. Exactly. Works. Before you escape and foil it. Um, yeah. And then, uh, like you said, they, it's set in the backdrop for the whole half, first half of the movie set in the backdrop of a suburban family home you know, of where they can't, mm-hmm. they can't use their powers and they gotta, they have to deal with real life problems of, you know, of the job, he, of, of a job he hates, of the son getting in trouble at school, of the girl, you know, having a crush, but not knowing what to do. And all these like normal problems that can't be solved with superpowers, you know, and kind of showing <laughs> just kind of like upending the normal the normal tropes, you know, in some ways. For sure. Yeah. Um, what else? I don't, I don't think I had much else. I guess it, this movie kind of makes fun of, or pokes, pokes fun at bureaucracy multiple times. You know, there's the, the lawyer, you know, the mm-hmm. lawyers at the beginning that outlaw superheroes when they were just trying to help. And then the, the, the whole, that, that shot, the ceiling shot where it shows all the cubicles when Mr. Incredible's in the insurance building of like, yeah. everybody's just the yep. same. He's just like in this entrenched bureaucracy and he's just massive. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I guess and the Robert, they're Robert, uh, they're Robert Mueller. They're like their advocate, superhero advocate who looks just like freaking Robert Mueller. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going dude. with that, but yeah, he kind of does. Yeah. Um, dude, what do you mean? He kind of does. Dude? <laughs> I mean, it's not a one for one. Um, are you serious? I'm serious. It's not, it's not like he, whoa, if you're listening to this right now, pause it, look up Robert Mueller, open a new tab. It looked, look up what, what, what was that guy's name? I can't remember what his name was. He also looks a lot like Richard Nixon. Which is probably who they were going for. Rich Di- Rick Dicker. That's definitely Richard Nixon. Dude, look up a side by side. There's <laughs> it's Richard Nixon. That's totally Richard Nixon. Just Google Rick Dicker and you'll see a side by side of him and Dick Nixon. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I reject Robert Mueller and say it's Richard Nixon. I can see it a little bit. Dude, did you, you can't totally you can't totally disregard Robert Robert Mueller. Oh, he kind of looks like uh, Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, he oh, yeah, he... I see it. He kind of looks like Robert Mueller. Yeah, dude, okay. but he looks more like Richard Nixon, which is who they are going for with Rick Dicker. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> we'll agree with that. Where do you want to pick up? At? <laughs> um. Uh. I don't know. I don't have anything else. Uh, Tell us. Well, we should. I mean, that should were... be a poll. That should definitely be a poll. We should do it on Twitter, and we should put out a picture of Dick Ricker and or Rich, Rich Dicker, and we should do say ask the followers. You know, like 
Does he look more like Richard Nixon or does he look more like Bob Mueller? Yeah. All right. That sounds good. We'll put that out. That's a good pull. All right. All right. Speaking of, <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say. All right. Um, All right. I, wait, I got I got something to tie back into. Oh. I just want to ask you about the rating. Yeah, I got, well, I want to, I guess, b- before before you brought up Dick, uh, Rick Dicker, um, <laughs> I just wanted, like, how bureaucracy, uh, he's kind of, like, in the sea of of people and or of cubicles and then um when he's when he is finding a way to help people that old lady uh and then he gets in trouble for helping other people and uh his boss goes they're penetrating the bureaucracy (laughs) (laughs) and bob goes what do you want me to do not help these people or not help our customers and he goes the law requires me to answer no yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that was funny, but I guess the, one of the main, one of the main villains in this movie is the bureaucracy of kind of taking away the ability for people to do good, to do good things, which would, which would go back to, you know, allow, allowing people to use their abilities, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't help but get, get a jab in at the bureaucracy that's kind of <laughs> poked fun at here. Uh, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. I kind of totally forgot about his boss, his insurance broker boss. Yeah. I love that. What a lame <laughs> I love, uh, I think that what, what's that? Wallace Shaw is the, the actor who did the voice. I love that guy's voice. Oh yeah. He, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could be wrong. Is he in the even Stevens movie? Dude, I don't remember. Wow, that's a deep cut, Ty. He's in, he's <laughs> the guy from uh, The Princess Bride. Yeah, he's in the Even Stevens movie, bro. Man, I haven't seen that in probably about uh, 15 years. So speaking of Even Stevens, what movie are we doing next week? No. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was a good... They, the Even like having... Even like... Um, there were there were a lot of like big names in this. There's that, and then uh, Samuel L. Jackson is Frozone. Oh, man. Where is my super suit? <laughs> yeah, he's great in this. <laughs> it's for the greater good. Uh, I love pretty much anything Samuel L. Jackson does. It's great. So it it is it is. But um, yeah. What I mean, what do you give this movie? It's it's, it's not. It's like a hard one to kind of give like. A, man. Yeah, I don't know. Uh. But, but, but probably, you know, maybe eight and a half. Eight and a half? Yeah. Oh, wow, Ryan. I think right. I, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. I would say somewhere it. in that I'm ballpark. Right on, the, right on the money again. I was going to say eight, eight and a half. Yeah, man. On the same page, my guy. Wow. We've been, we've been there for the last couple of movies, I think. Yeah. I guess that does it for this week's yeah, episode. Yeah, wraps up. Uh, what are we doing uh, next week, Ty? So there's a lot of things going on in the world right now. Uh, I shouldn't say in the world. There's a lot of things going on in uh, the country right now regarding um, racism, systemic racism, and looking deeper into that, along with like police brutality and everything like that. And one movie that came out in 2019, uh, was it 2019? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just Mercy. It's based on Brian Stevenson's life and his uh, founding of the EJI, the Equal Justice Initiative. 
and it's based in 1989, and it's uh, I saw it in theaters earlier in the year. I really liked it, and I, I think I've mentioned it a couple times, and it just kind of seems like a good time to bring this movie um, onto the onto the podcast and talk a little bit about it. So it's it's more of a drama. It's uh, but it's based around his book that he wrote of the same name, Just Mercy, and uh, yeah. So he's he's a black lawyer who started the EJI in the early 90s, late late 80s, early 90s, and he's still doing it. He's still out there fighting for uh, equal justice and fighting against the presumption of guilt for uh, black men in the country. Um, so it's a drama based on the true story, and they kind of, uh, they, you know, they use one, uh, one, I guess, person who was incarcerated, falsely incarcerated, until kind of the bigger picture around that story so it's a good drama i like it a lot you've never seen yeah, it. yeah i haven't seen that one yet no so it'll be no. a first watch and it's it's streaming now free uh pretty much anywhere on the internet you can get it free on amazon um youtube uh voodoo i don't know if it's free on voodoo i don't really use voodoo yeah i don't either that's v-u-d-u i think but it's voodoo's free all the time but they cycle their movies so they must have just put mm. it on. So. Okay. Well, there, I know there was one. Like, if, if you just look up Just Mercy, you can watch it for free. There's like three or four streaming sites that are doing it for free right now. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of that, uh, FYI, if you're interested, I think the Criterion channel has uh, dropped their paywall for a lot of a bunch of uh, movies with black creators and black directors. Um, oh, that's cool. Maybe it's all like people of color i can't remember i saw something about it on twitter so you know fyi if you want to look into that uh criterion channel, oh yeah that's neat they got some they got some good stuff so cool so um yeah i forget the director of i know i said his name earlier devin Creton. yeah this is uh this should be a good one this should be it's it's we kind of talked about this before like are we gonna have enough to talk about kind of thing but it'll be interesting to see because uh it is I mean, it's based on a true story, and the camera work and everything is phenomenal. Has Michael B. Jordan, um, so that gets everybody fired up when he's the lead in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and it's it's just it's great acting by him too. Um, I think he did a phenomenal job, and I really dug the movie. Anyways, <laughs> I'm going off on a monologue. Yeah, caught your monologuing again, Ty. Where can uh, where can people reach out to us? Give us some comments, feedback. Let us know some movie choices that you'd like to hear. Yeah, you can uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram, at Rolla Podcast, on both of those. Uh, yeah, give us a follow. I think we're doing... We've skipped the past two weeks, so now I think we're going to do a live next week. You know, We're doing Try it. To... We're saying it now. We're doing it. If you're listening to this and you made it all the way to the end and you're like, I just need to hear more of their voices. <laughs> And maybe you want to see our faces, you can hop on over on Instagram. We'll be live probably at 7 or in the evening hours, Eastern time, <laughs> Eastern evening. Yeah, <laughs> somewhere in there. Uh, it'll be, you know, lighthearted. It'll be something to, uh, you know, chill out with. Crack a beer on a Monday night. Chill out. Kick your feet up. You know, yeah. you don't need to take notes like you do for this podcast here. No. Leave the notebook shut. You just come and join. Come as you are. Uh, yeah, and then if you want to email us, you can email us at rollupodcast@gmail.com. Send us uh, what you think. Like you said, movie, movie wrecks, uh, 
opinions on movies we've done already. If we thought we got something wrong, missed something, whatever you got, uh, shoot us an email and we will take a look at it and read it. Yep. Any complaints, you can take them down to your local notary, get them notarized, <laughs> and uh, you can send them in the mail, and we'll uh, deal with those when we get to them. Yeah. Other than that, if you ha- if you have anything other than that, you can give us some nice reviews on <laughs> Apple iTunes. Okay, that's it. Um, I don't have anything else, Ryan. Yeah, I guess that'll do it for this week, and we will see y'all next week with Just Mercy. Later.